fellowshipping and loving each other and smiling. And uh, yesterday we had just a fantastic wedding ceremony with one of our members, uh, Yoli and Young Tang, and they had an exciting time. And uh, that's why the stage isn't here this morning. And I just, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years, and I appreciate Ron and his family setting up on the front row because I don't spit. So next Sunday, even with the stage up here, you know, I invite you to sit up on the front row, walk out and touch you on the shoulder and say hi during the message. But we do uh, appreciate each and every one of you that are here. We thank God for this church family to have a place where we can gather in the name of the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and worship Him and talk about the Holy Father who is so good and so kind to us and does so much for us that we don't even recognize so often. You know, this uh, series that we're doing in September has five parts. It is entitled core values that uh, I'm going to bring it back if my clicker is not working. So Robert, if you'll take it back uh, a couple of slides to right. There we go. I want to see if my clicker's working. Okay. Just go back to where you were. You're going to have to follow through for me. The clicker is down. You know, it doesn't matter how many times you change a battery. It seems like we always have this issue. So core value one, Mike Boomus opened up with it. Simply celebrate who God is at our Sunday morning worship service. You know, sometimes people will say, what do I need to do to do what God would have me do? I had that very question asked of me at a premarital counseling session last Tuesday of someone that's pursuing the Lord. We have our mission statement, being disciples who love and live like Jesus. How do we do that? Well, there's many things that we can do. It's exhaustive how many things there are that we could do to be like Jesus. But the first one that's in Scripture that is important is that God's people gather and assemble in His name. In the early church, they gathered on the first day of the week, and they broke bread, and they celebrated the forgiveness that they had in Christ. So, core value one, what can we do to be disciples who love and live like Jesus? We celebrate who God is at our Sunday morning worship service. And we don't neglect that. We don't stop meeting or gathering together as some are in the habit of doing. And we've said in this church for several months now that is the trend in many churches. About 80% in America, Sunday morning attendance is down. And so we want Kentwood Christian Church to be a place where each member sees the value of celebrating together with one another. Because we know that when we celebrate who God is at our gathering on Sunday morning, there are people looking, searching that come in. They see us praising the Lord and and how much we love the Father. 
And the text, according to Paul, says many will fall down on their knees and praise God because of His presence in the church. Thank you so much. And then core value two, connect with one another in a small group. We discussed that last week. Just how important it is to understand that being in a small group is something that we see in the New Testament. Jesus met with individuals, was in small groups. We are told in Scripture where two or three people gather in His name for godly purposes, there Jesus is. And so we have small groups. We focus on trying to get people connected in the small groups so that, you know, you have a group of people that you're sharing your life with, people that you can be intimate and transparent with. And as you do that in life, you take care of each other and you, you help when one's sick or you celebrate when one has something to celebrate. We just do life together. We get to know each other better. You can't know everybody, but it's nice to build a core group of people that you meet with and share the Word of God. And we're having more and more people getting connected in small groups. And that's exciting because it will change this church family in terms of people coming to know the Lord, find a commitment to the Lord, serving and working with one another to bring glory to the Lord. And today in core value part three, it is contribute to God's mission by tithing and serving. And what I want to do in this passage of Scripture that comes out of 2 Corinthians 9 is talk about attitudes and perspective in tithing and serving the Lord as we contribute our lives and our finances and our times and even the talents and the abilities. One of the things that the eldership knows about the Kentwood Christian Church, you are some of the most generous people in all the churches. You really are. You support this church so faithfully. Steve Larson, who we're connected with through the Solomon Foundation, who oversees the mortgage on this church building, was just setting put back of just the giving of Kentwood Christian Church. And so we simply start this message here off by saying, thank you for all that you do. You are a blessing to this community, to the missions support, to the staff that serve here, and God bless you. Paul begins talking to the Corinthian church. Now, in 1 Corinthians, he's talked to them about a gift that they are beginning to collect for God's people in Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem, from all we can tell in Scripture, the people there, God's people, were struggling, they were in impoverished, they were very poor Christians. 
In Acts chapter 8, one of the reasons that scholars think that they were struggling because they were being persecuted severely for their belief in Jesus Christ. And in that persecution, they would struggle to make a living. In Acts chapter 11, verse 28, we learn that there is also a a famine that a prophet, Agabus, has said will come upon Roman world. And so whether it's persecution or whether it's the famine, we're not exactly sure. But what we do know is that the church in Jerusalem was struggling to eat to survive, to live, they were poor and impoverished. And Paul is going to Gentile churches, here, Corinthian church, and reminding them on the first day of the week, Acts, or, yeah, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1, to take up that collection on the first day of the week, and then it will be gathered and people will take it to Jerusalem. But then as you start to see the background for the giving, you hear Paul say this, it comes to giving. So I want us just to sort of settle in this text and think about the heart and the motive. Because what is really interesting here in 2 Corinthians 9 is that everybody seems to be giving. But Paul focuses it down to the attitude in which everybody is giving. And he starts to talk about heart and motive in the giving. And that seems to separate the two groups. And so we see, remember this, says the Apostle Paul, whoever sows sparingly, will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. It's a simple spiritual principle that Paul is setting before the Corinthian church. He has bragged about them. He's told the Macedonian brethren that you can count on the Corinthian church. They've done it before. They'll step up again. They have given at times that they have been the most poor and struggling themselves, but they have begged for the opportunity to give. And we see here a powerful spiritual principle for God's people that whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will reap generously. Now, you think about this idea of sparingly. We we know the terminology, spare nothing in the effort, right? Give it all. Or we see the Scriptures remind us that God did not spare His own Son. God gave it all. And the Scripture that we all can refer to because we know it, the giver, God, gave His Son, John 3.16. And one of the things that I think is so beautiful about this passage of 2 Corinthians 9, 6, through the following Scriptures, is that 
What we see is this main theme surfacing to the top of the passage. God, your father, is not a taker. God is not a taker. God is a giver. God is a giver is what Paul wants us to see above all things from this text. He gives in every way to his people. He gives on the front end. He gives on the back end. And that's what we see. So spiritual principle number one, if we sow sparingly, if we don't give all of ourselves in the process, we reap sparingly. And if we sow generously, we will reap generously. That is the Word of God by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. And it screams of trust God. Now watch here in verse 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your own heart, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You see, on the front end of things, Paul is making clear, look, it doesn't matter whether you give generously or you sow sparingly. The heart of what you are doing is probably the most important part. There are spiritual principles we just discussed. But what is another spiritual principle is the heart in how we give back to God. God doesn't need your money. The church, in one sense, doesn't need your money. This is not what this text is about. The church has to have finances to do the work of God, but it's all focused on attitude and perspective. Some people, they're given reluctantly and they're giving under compulsion. What does that say? They're wanting to hold on to it. They're not giving freely. They're not giving the whole gift with a right attitude. And so, the fact is, churches across the country may argue forever, are we under the tithe or are we under give what we've decided in our hearts? Because that is like a big argument out there. But the Old Testament gives us the example of the tithe, the 10%. Malachi tells us to test God, to trust Him, and give the tithe, and watch how God will open the floodgates of blessing on His people. Jesus says to the Pharisees, you should have given your tithe, but you know, you should have not neglected mercy because you were giving your tenth, but not being merciful. The heart wasn't right. And so the issue should not be, I don't think, do I have to give a tenth or can I just decide what I've in my heart? The point is, as we come into the New Testament, we have an example from the old that God blesses the giver. And we have a New Testament teaching from Paul that we have to look deep in our hearts and decide what we're going to give. 
And the challenge is, do I give sparingly or do I give generously? And as I've said, you guys are generous givers. But part of looking in your life and being able to say, I am being a disciple that loves and lives like Jesus is to be a giver because he is the prime example. He gave everything. And so we want to look like him. We want to be like him. Why did he give everything? Because he loved us unconditionally and therefore contributing by tithing, serving, time, talents with the right heart is critical. You can give the greatest gift, but if your heart's wrong, if it's not given because of love and desire to please God, it means nothing. So giving is something that we do in faith. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly, that's one kind of giver. Not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, whether you give online, which is a wonderful way, easy, secure, safe, you can do it from any place, anytime, or you give whenever the offering is collected, The essence, again, is, where is your heart? When you give of your life and your monies, would you say that you do it cheerfully? Or do you do it under compulsion or reluctantly? Because people who want to please the Lord sometimes have to check themselves in their giving. And step back and say, I give this freely to the Lord. It's the Lord that I'm giving it to for His kingdom work. And I do it cheerfully. It is such a blessing to be a giver. And you know that because you do it so very well. But cheerful giving. Isn't it a wonderful thing to give something to someone and see how it blesses their lives when they're in a time of crisis or need. I've seen people just cry over $30 because they're so down on their luck. They need a little money to get by and being able to bless them in that way blesses your heart. It's more blessed to give than receive. So look at this next passage of Scripture. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that at all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now, when you have the perspective that God on the front end is blessing you, Because you are sowing generously. The reason you're able to sow generously 
is because God the Father sees what you are doing in your life and He sees your heart and the way that you're doing it and God blesses you. So God isn't taking, God is giving. And He's giving to His people. And He is blessing and rewarding His people for the gift of their generous giving. And so Paul says, God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in any situation, at any time, you're able to what? Have all that you need. So that you can abound in every good work. It's not just a one-time gift. It's a way of life. It's a way of life. I, I hear people say a lot, you know, give and God's going to outgive you. And it really does come across like it's sort of you're doing it for yourself. I'm going to give because I'm going to get back more. That's a pretty good formula. Or you see people on TV, preachers, you know, sow your faith in our ministry. We'll send you this handkerchief. We'll even wipe the sweat off our brow for you and you'll be blessed. Give a thousand and you'll get ten thousand, ten times back. And we'll go out and we'll buy airplanes and have homes all over the world and it's sort of a turnoff. It's a, a, a negative thing to talk about giving because of the way that preachers present it, the way they live it, the way we see it and experience it. But when it's a gift from your heart to the Lord and the promise of God is I'm going to bless you on the front end so that you have the seed to sow to begin with in different ways at all times so that you can even help more people. Do you see that? Is, I, mean, I mean, that's what the text says to me. And when you start to embrace it that way, you, you really, like, see how people find that God gets the glory. God gets the praise in my life. And, and it's so much easier to not be sparing about anything in our lives, but just to, to let it all go as God would move us. As it is written, this comes from Psalm 112, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. The righteousness endures forever. You know, if you read that passage from 2 Corinthians 9, 9, and you go back and read Psalm 112, verse 9, you, you learn that it's often mistaken that this is what people think is talking about God. But it, it's talking about Psalm 112, as you read the righteous people of God in the way they give to the Lord, that they are freely scattering their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower, there's God, and bread for food, who will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Now, there's the backside of it. He supplies the seed for you as a sower. And on the back side, you're going to have this harvest in your life. 
so that you can sow even more. You know, that is exciting. Whenever you give someone a cup of cold water, God multiplies that in the way that God does in the spiritual realm. When you go to someone's house with a meal, God sees that and blesses your life in the spiritual realm in His way. Whatever it is, finances, your time, your talent, your service, God sees your commitment and your devotion to Him and the heart in which you do all of these things and you cannot outgive God. But we give to God so that God receives the glory, so that God receives the honor. The text continues on. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. When you help someone, especially if they're a Christian, the response usually is, praise God. Thank you, Lord. The Lord rescued me. It's all about God receiving the glory. You know, that's really why the Scriptures tell us that when we do something good and give and contribute and tithe and serve, that we're not really supposed to let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. We're not not doing it so someone will pat you on the back or us on the back and say, oh, that, that was fantastic, great job. Because that's your reward according to the Scriptures. We want to do things as much as we can, anonymously, to help someone. Because it's between you and the Lord. And that's what we see here. It results in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform, says Paul, is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Here in a little bit, Lord and Kathy is going to share some updates on casting bread. What a blessing that ministry has been at their leadership and the people's lives that have been touched and helped and the praises and thanks that God has received from a monthly food truck with a gathering of people that's committed that ministry in serving by blessing our community. Whether it's VBS and people volunteering their time to teach and to love and to sing with children and help them along in their faith journey, the community is blessed whether it's missions in Thailand or Dominican Republic or Haiti or South At, wherever it is, people are blessed because of the cheerful giver that does it all in the name of the Lord, not for themselves to get credit, but for God to get all the glory. I've seen it both ways. 
I've seen the big givers that give abundantly and they want you to know it. And I've seen people in this church give abundantly and want no one to know it. And they give it freely with no strings attached because it's to God. Because of the service by which we have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Do you see it just keeps reading itself? I thought, you know, what am I going to do with that? It's going to get boring to the people after a while. But three verses in a row that the giving is all about what takes place in people's hearts as they give thanks to God. So, this morning, core value three is we contribute by tithing and serving in the Lord's church. And we sow as generously as we can And when God blesses, we sow again because it's about the Lord's work. It's about people praising God and giving Him thanks to see what Christianity is really about. And always behind and in front of us is the cross of Christ that reminds us He did not spare anything. And so, Lord, help us, help us not to spare anything as we pour our lives out on your altar in our tithing and service to you. May God be praised for this indescribable gift he has given us as Paul concludes this passage of Scripture. Would you pray with me? Father, we just praise your name, and we thank you, Lord, for this church family and its existence for over 54 years. We ask your hand of blessing to remain on each one of us, especially this church, that we will continue to be united and stand together for your cause, that we will be generous givers in every aspect of our lives. We just love you, Lord. We thank you. And may you receive glory and honor in all things. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. And let us together say, Amen. Amen, indeed. Thank you, Patrick. Um, Growing up, I worked at a stable, and the owner of the stable became a dear and lifelong friend of mine. And he's one of those guys that used to have kind of those cliche answers, and people would ask him a question. And people would ask him, they'd say, Hey, Rodney, how are you doing today? And say, Man, I'm so poor, I can't even pay attention. That was, that was one of his favorites. Um, but no matter what our, our economic status, we all have an attention span. Uh, some of us, men, James, uh, were a little attention span challenged. Um, but there are times in life that, man, it can be disastrous if we don't pay attention. 
I, you know, I was on the, the business trip, right? I was hoping that the pilots were paying attention to what they were doing. Tim, when you're on a trip and you're flying, I really hope that you're, I know your family hopes and your, and your guests on the plane certainly hope that you're paying attention to what you're doing when you're driving a car or when you're working with electricity, whatever it might be. There are times that it can be disastrous and we can ill afford not to pay attention. And, it, and it's just incredibly obvious to all of us that we pay attention to the things that matter most to us. I sure hope we all paid attention to Patrick's words, to God's word this morning when he talks about giving. And, and it can really be disastrous for ourselves and for others when we don't take God at his word when it comes to how we contribute. On this trip, I mentioned seems to be the theme. We were sitting at dinner, eight of us, one night, and then four of us on each side at the table, and we're kind of downloading from the day. And on the same side as the table with me was um, a woman who was sharing like a profound, it was like an aha moment, solve the critical systems related problem um, relative to this business that we're acquiring. And I looked at the, across the table, and there's four guys in a row. And I realized they're not even looking at her. They're like looking over her head. And so I look back, and sure enough, on the TV screen behind her, the Cubs game is on. Now, all four of these guys are from Chicago. They're all huge Cubs fans, and it's, you know, it's kind of coming down to the wire uh, in baseball. So um, they were there on a business trip. They were paid to be there. They were paid to focus their attention on what she was saying, but, man, just couldn't do it because something mattered more to them at that moment in time. So we really need to pay attention to where we contribute, where we spent, where are we focusing our thoughts, our energy, our time, our talents, and our treasures. And it said, you know, you can tell more about what a person truly values by just simply looking at their calendar. Where do they spend their time and attention and their checkbook? Where do they, where do they spend the resources that God has blessed them with? So this morning, there is nothing more to be said at this time of offering than the, the awesome message that Patrick just gave. So I would ask this. Let's spend some time intentionally paying attention to how we are, are spending our time and the resources God has blessed us with. Father, we come to you right now um, with, with hearts that you've touched. Uh, you've given us the desire and the ability to give back out of what you've blessed us with. Lord, we pray that you would accept this offering in the spirit that it's intended. Lord, we pray your blessing, your promised blessing on this body as uh, these gifts are used to bring you glory and to advance your kingdom. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. So as the offering is is being taken up this morning... Um, I'd like to invite Kathy uh, and Laura to come forward. Uh, we're doing something this morning that is a core value of ours. If we could click to the next slide. Um, we are celebrating, and we are celebrating the 10th anniversary of Casting Bread. Yay! <clears throat> and so, I'm going to bring this down to you guys, but as we... As we look at the summary slide up here, Casting Bread, 10 years, this church body has contributed some amazing things. Uh, we've contributed time, over 11,000 approximate volunteer hours in 10 years from people from this church body contributing and serving by providing food to those that are in need. Talents, uh, it takes a lot of work, the organizing, the serving, the cooking, 
the praying. These are all talents and gifts that we have from God that he calls us to use to the benefit of, of his children. Treasure, we have donated as a church more than $57,000 to pay for the food truck over 10 years. Praise God. Testimony, we share the gospel truth about Jesus Christ every month. Um, and we have, on average, more than 100 families each month that hear the truth about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And then, in keeping with the tea theme, trucks. We, we have uh, distributed 550,000 pounds of food to more than 10,000 families in need over those 10 years. So, church, give yourselves and God a, a, just a round of praise and glory. Thank you, everyone, for giving us this opportunity this weekend, this Casting Bread Sunday, to celebrate 10 years. I can't believe it's been that long since we first started. Uh, We've come a long way. We've dealt with a lot of people, and we've seen a lot of love go through this church. Uh, Just to start off with, if I could have anybody stand who has helped with the food truck, if you have uh, contributed money to the food truck, please stand. If you have contributed peace, lemonade, hot chocolate, cups, uh, your time and resources. If you pushed a cart, distributed food, prayed with someone, work registration, uh, been a security member, keeping us all safe, uh, and just look around at how many people. This is your ministry. You are the hands and feet of God, or his ministry would not work in this church. Thank you very much. Our volunteers are our life in this ministry. For those of you that are new to this church or visiting, i uh, just give you a breakdown of why we have a food truck. It comes through Feeding America. We do approximately 5,000 pounds of food a month. That's where the stats come from. Uh, for several months, a period of time, we went up to 7,500 pounds of food. So those stats are a little bit off for those months. Uh, people come to the truck because, number one, they have a need. Uh, they're on government services. They're retired. Uh, They need a little bit extra to get through the month. We provide fresh produce, dairy, uh, some dry goods, whatever we're able to get from the truck that just helps them extend uh, what they have to eat and live off for the month. Second, uh, community. If you've ever been here in the mall area during Casting Bread, it's not quiet by any means. There are children running around. There are people sharing, eating soup, sharing cookies, hot chocolate, and talking about their lives. Uh, It's a great sense of community for people to get out that feel lonely or isolated. And uh, they spend hour and a half, two, three hours here with us, and it gives them a good sense of community and love. And the third thing is prayer. Uh, Mike goes around with every family, every person in need. We offer prayer uh, for whatever they need, whatever religion they are, whatever they want to lift up to God through us. Uh, there are needs for health, money, jobs, uh, Sicknesses. Some people just ask for peace of mind or for sanity because it can be tough when you're not making ends meet. Uh, we started this with a casting bread verse from Ecclesiastes 11, cast your bread upon the water, and after many days it will return to you. I base my help and my service every month on Romans 13, which says uh, give to God's people who are in need, practice hospitality. And that's what we do. And... Uh, Our clientele keeps coming back. We've never been empty on a second Monday. And uh, we just ask that you keep us in prayer. Keep that on your calendar. And uh, Laura will share a little bit more about what you can do to help. Ten years. What? What? Don't blink. 
10 years will go by in a nanosecond. So first of all, as Patrick said, God gets all the glory for every second of those 10 years. It's just, he's incredible. Um, and let's just be honest, you know, the food truck was God's idea. It was his idea. His word says that we are supposed to, um, share our times and our talents and, um, to serve. His word also says that there is always going to be people in need. Always, always, always. So here's where you guys come in. Here's how you guys can contribute and you can connect. Look at me, Patrick, using your little points. Um, you can contribute to this ministry and to our church body. So one, y'all can serve. Super simple to serve. We have people, we have, we have high schoolers that come. We have whole families that come and bring their little kids. It is so cool to watch those little ones count and, um, you know, sort apples. <laughs> they think they're like the coolest thing ever. Um, we have single people come. We have uh, the Remnant Sons, which is, you know, Gucci's little biker buddies. Um, they come. Um, we even have people who don't belong to this church come and serve. How crazy is that? If you're in a small group, your small group can pick a month or two and come, you know, as a little group and do a little group project and serve. There's lots of ways. If you're worried about you don't know what to do, trust me, we will, we will, we will inform you and put you to work. It's so easy. The other way you guys can help and contribute is uh, monetarily. So our truck costs $500 a month for 5,000 pounds of food. If everybody here gave just $2 a month, that food truck is covered. Two bucks, you guys. That's a coffee, you know? I mean, $2. So if you do want to contribute, and we really hope that you do, um, if you put it in, you know, the baskets that get passed, put it in an envelope with casting bread on it so that it goes to casting bread. Um... What else? Oh, and third, of course. Oh, my goodness. Hello, pray. Pray for the people that are coming because, you know what, they are also coming for more than food. And, you know, they, they're down and out, and they just, need, they just need to feel Jesus. And pray for the volunteers who are going to help, that they can be that light. And I think we have a video for you guys to watch. Thank you all for those that volunteer.